I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, a quick heads up. This episode makes reference to sudden infant death syndrome, which some listeners may find upsetting. If you don't want to hear the story... Skip my section from 23 minutes to 39 minutes. Anna one, Anna two, Anna three. Nailed it. Nailed it! Kathy, we why just, did you, you threw us a curveball? And I can't stand when people suddenly start being like, and a one, and a two, and a three, and you're like, come on. Am I coming I in on the beat or the ah? I went, this isn't a two step. Um, so we were just talking about podcast recommendations to each other, and I was saying to you guys that I have listened to some very good ones lately. I'm a fan of a limited series of like a six parter. Or like one topic done over a series. So uh, mm-hmm. Land of Giants is like a it's a podcast that investigates different kind of businesses. So they have a series on Netflix, one on Amazon and their latest one is on Google. But the Amazon and Netflix series are very interesting. Then there's the thing about Pam. Oh, which what's that? Binge- so it's a Dateline program. And it's about a woman who is murdered. And obviously they're like, it's the husband. Clearly it's the husband. And her friend Pam is a witness and the last person to see her alive. And Pam kind of starts to spiral a little bit. Uh, And it's I think it's five parts and the most enjoyable podcast host voice I've ever in my life heard. Who's that now? It's Dateline and it's hosted by. Let me just bring it up. Something um, about Pam. Do, do, do. That's a great name. Keith Morrison. So great. is great it a drama choice. cast or is it nonfiction? No, it's 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 in true crime. Okay. And so it is, yeah. Then cool. My last recommendation. Oh, the apology line, which you've already recommended, which is very good. And I'm also very much enjoying the old episodes of You're Wrong About, the early ones, like You're Wrong About 
um well killer clowns that's not that old but if you go way back and start with the satanic panic one great okay. episode great content and obviously Classic. before brunch your favorite before brunch i need to catch time. up with them um, before brunch that's my next stop definitely Cass, it's so um, relaxing i'm all up to date with not without my sister which i find um just my constant kind of marks my week basically yeah I love your not about, not without my sister it's Lydia's favourite podcast of all time and she has started Aww. listening Lydia! and then given me tips on how to make podcasts oh my god Lydia how, how funny did she it is. turn on Mother of Pod yeah this is not okay doesn't even listen to the creep dive really anymore she won't even hear this <laughs> doesn't engage with any of my shit <laughs> well she can shove her scented candles up her hole <laughs> she's in short supply though I don't know if that would be a recipe for instant thrush it would absolutely well I have a really solid recommendation came in through our DMs and it's Netflix and it is a show all about the forgeries of in the painting world right up our alleys gals and also probably yours if you're listening you know uh, I'm just trying to get the name of it on Netflix god damn was it murder amongst Mormons no, no, it was about painting forgeries in the US oh. and, uh, that collapsed a gallery. And you'd never guess whose dad was owner of the gallery. Only Armand Hammer. <gasps> His dad. No. They lost millions. Also Armand Hammer. Armand. Also, oh, it could have been Michael. Not sure. Haven't got my facts right there necessarily. Can't get the bloody name of the thing up. Oh, well, Why is that? it so hard? Okay, yeah, go and watch that. Very good. It's kind of meandering at points, but then you're like, no, no, this is good. But that's what so led me to my creep today. I've got interesting. Um, I've got a recommendation that came in through Gary, uh, creep oh, yeah. patron. Um, uh, Saint Maud. Have you? I feel like I was about to say Cassie's probably watched it, but actually, hell no, Cassie has not watched it. Um, it's a Google horror movie. Came out last year. Um, nope. It I rented it on YouTube, and it's kind of about this like young sort of hospice nurse who has a kind of um like religious fervor sort of takes her over, and it's all kind of like you know she's having kind of yeah yeah she's having kind of delusions about God speaking directly to her, and um loads of like oh stuff with like it's mad like quite simple stuff like just kind of amplified to horrifying levels like picking a scab is like I just I can barely watch it like it's weird the violence is not that overt but it's so penetrating affecting yes and it's a great length um just a classic 90 minutes of yeah I mean you just miss them you fucking miss a normal length movie do you know what's fantastic um there's a little Robin Williams documentary Mm. on youtube again at the moment uh what was it called oh, i can't remember what it was called but it's whatever but it's 76 minutes i was like sure that's Beautiful. a flash in the pan gorgeous don't watch that because do you know um, what we're over also, the documentary series that is one it's one it's one episode is what it is stretched yeah, it out need to be i'm so sorry long. also the hotel series about the bloody hotel where your one in the elevator was killed Oh yeah, yeah. That didn't need to be so long. I I loved that story, and they just ruined it, kind of. Very, very, very long. long. 
Um, so yes, and recommendations while we're on it, Sophie's book, Corpsing. Oh, and also, thank you. We, which is a best seller. Best seller. Get your hands on it. Congratulations. true. Yeah. I do also want to point out that I've been listening to the audiobook of Acts of Desperation and she's a creep. She references a creep yeah. story in the book. Paper mache and oh. bitch. Yeah. Really? Now it yeah. could be a coincidence. Now she says, I listened to it on a podcast and it's a bit of a like, there's no way this kind of, although the character definitely would be a creep. 100%. So. She loves to just sit down, drink, and listen to podcasts, ah, yeah. which I feel ah, is, yeah. come on board. <laughs> That's, so, um, uh, do we do we have a creep of the week? Maybe she could be it. Megan Nolan, congratulations. You're creep of the week. <laughs> come into our fold. It's creepy and moist. I don't know. I mean, there's literally, the world uh, is the creep of the week this week. Um, the entire world. The entire world. Uh, so not being great. Well, yeah. actually, let's be specific. It's just men. Yes. I, mean, I, I don't want to alienate so many of our gorgeous male listeners. I love men. I do, and I love our listeners. But there are a lot of men who've been problematic this week. Can I read you something that sort of disturbed me? And I said to myself, gotcha. I'm not Shit. sure if I want to keep reading this. But then I just did. So basically... Oh, no. Should, oh no it wasn't corpsing by sophie white i actually number two best-selling non-fiction okay go on okay siobhan mcsweeney you know that actress very good actress yeah. she's uh, she's also very good at twitter anyway she she she's says on a the, tweet the one from dairy girls also the exactly. presenter of the great pottery throwdown is she i didn't realize that well congratulations yeah. to her here she says, can any academics or psychologists or experts who follow me tell me what is the most motivation behind street harassments, indecent exposure and all the acts of intimidation that uh, specifically focus on women? I'd love to move the conversation away from women and focus on the creeps. So she got a load of replies in there, mostly from people saying control power, control power, control, you know, all that stuff. And then one reply, little... Uh, said maybe it's got something to do with this and they posted a screenshot from what looks a bit like a reddit thread but maybe a d uh, maybe a, one of the you know the private reddit threads i don't know yeah. anyway uh it said it could be yeah so it, it said here I once, we know what's out, out there we can do we can do the things I once approached a teenage girl around 14 years old by asking her for directions at first. Then I proceeded to ask for her name. She became afraid and started walking away. I followed her. No! She went from walking briskly to running. Her gait was peculiar. She ran like a newborn fawn, turning around every so often, trying to see if I was still following. Open bracket. Now, I want to make it clear that I absolutely abhor rape. And did not have any intentions in that direction. Not molestation, none of that. Close bracket. She had no reason to be frightened. I wasn't going to do anything. But the feeling oh, when you follow a girl and she notices you. And she tries to lose you or picks up the pace. That kind of thing is a good feeling. You become important <gasps> oh, to her. Sake. You are no longer no. some random, insignificant face in the crowd. I know it's kind of low-level behavior, but I enjoyed it. Oh. I go to another city, 
Look for a girl that's working by herself and just start following her. After a while, they notice you. After dark, after sunset, it might suffice to just walk in the same general direction as a girl that's walking in front of you. They become paranoid. I recommend you lonely incels try it sometime, just to make her afraid. Now, you must know your limits. Don't actually harass anyone, let alone rape the girl. It should just be harmless psychological fun. And I was like, that is fucking mental, isn't it? Isn't that so creepy? Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, that's fucking scary. Anyway, sorry, I just thought I'd freak everyone out with that little nugget. I have passed it on. You can take it with you. I am uh, Well, I just held my face in my hands for the duration of that reading. Uh, I don't know whether it's it, it. In fact, I do know it's your voice, Jen. That Sorry. was just strange. It was but I feel like you performed it very well. To watch yeah. an incel's inner inner monologue sounds yeah, like because it's just a I constant. Like can, this is not bad. I'm not doing. Don't anything. overreact. I know. I'm just here. I'm just trying to casually intimidate you. I'm just, not going to actually rape you. Psychologically, Honestly, don't overreact. I think we don't can categorically now state that you've listened to too much. Joe Rogan. Maybe I have. Do you know what I'm it just kind of starting to? I'm going to start following. I'm going to start following men. I wouldn't have to, what would happen yeah. in the reverse. No, Jen, actually, sorry. I I wish that we lived in a world where you could start randomly, randomly no. following men. You're but right. please don't. It's just they, actually dangerous. They would become um, sexually do you know what aroused. That, do you know what that thread kind of reminded me of a little bit, though? Like, in a less sinister way. Do you guys know what gang stalking is? No. No. It's like, um, so it's when a person believes they're being stalked or followed or spied on by a group of people or an organization. So it's a paranoid delusion. Um, But basically it's, it is seeing signs and things. It's seeing messages you know, out in the world. Um, and I was reading this uh, like guy on Reddit uh, talking about, um, or maybe I heard it on a podcast. Anyway, uh, he was talking about sitting on a bus and how he'd become, <laughs> sorry, I'm not laughing at this because it is really sad, but it's it's definitely also like kind of taps into that kind of like, I suppose, you're crazy if you're not paranoid kind of vibe that's out there at the moment. So anyway, this person was on the bus. uh, There was like two people nearby that he was like very much convinced had been, um, you know, had gotten on the bus at the same stop as him and they were watching to see when he was going to get off the bus. Or uh, maybe there was something like they'd heard him say to the driver where he was getting off. And so he was sitting there and he was churning around the fact that they'd heard what stop he was getting off on. So then he was like, I'm going to change stop. I'm going to change stop. I'm going to try and throw them off my scent. And then... There was a woman, um, now this is like his account of it. There was a woman at the front of the bus pretending to be on a cell phone call. So in his mind, pretending to take a call, but actually this woman is stalking him as well as the other two people. Mm -hmm. And um, that the person, the woman on the call said like, yeah, I just can't believe she'd do something. I just can't believe they'd do something like that. I I just thought they were more sophisticated than that. And the, the guy was like, Hands down, that's me. That's it. Showing me. Showing me on that call. 
And anyway, she got off the bus at the next stop and he like shot up and went after her and started um, accosting her and basically being like, what are you saying about me? What are you saying about me on this call? And like, oh my God. I mean, obviously that is really unfortunate. There is worlds colliding there, worlds of like mental illness, but also worlds of rape culture is a thing. And like they're colliding there. The fucking woman was terrified, clearly. Obviously, yeah. Um, but yeah, gang stalking. It's such a weird, you know. That's very frightening. I, for the person oh. for the person and for if there's ends up being kind of a victim, that's just a world of everybody's frightened. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? for sure. Oh god. And nobody wins. Anyway, I have, I have a creep of, of the week. Yes. Please oh, sorry. tell. Well, this now has been sent in by a fabulous follower on Twitter and uh, the Twitter um tweet, the Twitter tweet, imagine. A tweet on Twitter. <laughs> Um, it's just so good have you seen it yet no 50 year old Rafaela Spone is accused of doctoring photos and videos of her daughter's cheerleading teammates oh uh, yes I got sent this in an attempt to get them kicked off the squad and she's now Come facing on. three misdemeanor counts of cyber harassment of a child and related offences okay um, what were the photographs so thank you Carrie King for alerting me to this story so the photographs so apparently it was like some kind of deep fake that she created so um from pennsylvania people. and apparently this has been going on for months right this harassment campaign so she was creating and anonymously circulating these deep fakes of at least three of the girls on the team smoking drinking <laughs> and far more problematically nude Jesus Christ. Ah, sorry, they're also, children. So what te- what they're age 17, kids? like they are right, children. Okay. And um she was urging them in like these anonymous uh missives to quote kill yourself. Oh, this Jesus. is a woman of fifty. No. Um so the police were actually looking into this since July of last year. But one of the mothers of these girls told authorities that her daughter is being harassed by this like blocked number that kept sending her images of her own selfies and things like that doctored uh, to look like the the girl was naked and drinking. Um, God. I kind of, in a way, I love that like what I'm picturing, you see, is that Raffaella S. Spatone, no, that's her name, sorry, uh, Raffaella Spone was basically like getting the face and being like I'm gonna make it so that she looks like she's naked and then she kind of saw the naked and she was like I mean it's not enough puts a fag in her hand and then when that doesn't quite she's like she'll be drinking and naked and smoking (laughs) because this is the mind of Raffaella Spone she can't conceive of anything more shameful for a woman to be doing than having a body and drinking and smoking in her body (laughs) so anyway um, so this woman Spone sent multiple messages to the cheerleading gym like to alert them to the pictures so she was sending video of the girl manipulated so it's a deep fake to make it appear as if the girl was vaping vaping (laughs) (laughs) and apparently this is a good quality squad cutting offense she would have been well we've all seen cheer she'd be fucking out in her arse to be out she'd be out in her hole and jerry'd be in and we'd be like jerry and then we'd be like oh jerry jerry's out again and the whole aftermath kind of was revealed 
Um, sorry, sorry, I've taken that on a journey. We all remember what happened with Jerry, don't we? If you haven't, if you can't yeah, recall, yeah. worth a Google. Or I'll leave it at Google that. Google yourselves on your own time. Anyway, so yeah, I'm <laughs> fascinated. I'd love to see this video because I am like, is Rafaela Spone a very talented deep faker? Well, that, like, yeah, because I feel like you that's... know she's fifty odd, and it's not. I'm not trying to be ageist, but like I am impressed with a fifty year old woman. Just self? Are you self taught? You know, I don't. What know, I would like get because it, I think it's perfect because if she's really good at this. You couldn't mm. go so far as to like create a porno. That would just be too much. But the subtlety of a vape or just a nip slip or some sort of, you know, that's kind of low key. That's believable. So that's sort of a smart kind of approach. Okay, so she's either playing it low key for smart and that is good. But I wonder, are we giving her too much credit there? I actually wonder. I genuinely think Rafaela cannot conceive of anything more scandalous than... Than a bit of nude vaping. A vape. (laughs) I know. Like, or or maybe like she's doctored a few, so it looks like the girls are flipping the bird. That's so funny. Get them all like simple pleasures. Sitting down nude with a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Giving the finger and having a vape. Um... The uh, okay, so anyway, it has to be said that poor um, the poor daughter now had no idea what her mother was up to. So obviously, this is all in the name of getting these ones kicked off the squad, so that the daughter's cheer career could progress um, unhindered. So now, anyway, did she have um, natural talent? This uh, girl, the daughter, yeah. I have no or idea. It- now, okay, so that's my theory on the motivation. No motivation has been kind of formally sort of suggested. But one of the girls who was, um, you know, doctored to look like she was having a vape um, was quoted as saying, I don't know what would push her to this point, which is just the most brilliantly <laughs> baffled fucking statement of a victim ever. I just don't know what would push her oh, to this God. point. And um, she also went on to say, I don't get hate comments, nothing to this extreme, but I was really upset. And this is referring to the, the message where she was urged to kill herself. Oh, right. Oh, that geez. went that she was said, too far. She said, I was like, who says this to someone who thinks this is okay? It made me more mad than upset. So a 17 year old woman is more mature than Raffaella Spone. Look, Basically. in Rafa, okay, in Rafi, let's go, in her, def- like, boredom and a little bit of power can just lead you. It, okay, let's say her daughter was upset. She has this new skill. She's, like, putting to it. I just want to help. How much yeah. harm can this be? And you know how things snowball. This is a classic case of pandemic lockdown hobby run amok. Did she get three years in prison, did you say? Oh, sorry. No, I didn't. Um, actually, sorry. What was the? Uh, they're just charging her. I don't actually think that she's scheduled in court until the thirtieth of March. So watch this space. Oh God! Again, Did thank you, Carrie King. Thank you, Carrie. Week brought to us. Um, what kind of like tasty little numbers do you guys have? I've got I mean, is anyone orange. as tasty as me right now with my orange hair? It is gorgeous. Um, I also got some I... amazing makeup in the post. <laughs> For makeup corner, guys. I ended up. So Rebecca Murphy sent me this sensational creep this morning, and um, why would I she send it to it. you and not us, Rebecca? Rebecca. 
I think that there was an element of just blatant favoritism going on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I looked into it and it's a sensational story. It's it's fascinating. Brilliant. And my clickbait headline is, is Australians most prolific female serial killer oh, yeah. innocent? Oh, yeah. <gasps> I was all over this this week as well. No I'm way. I'm very excited, excited to hear. This is right up your alley a bit, Soves. I think. Sounds like it. It's uh, going to be a tough listen. There's some dead children. But okay, that's true. Really interesting uh, story. That's interesting very story. Um, welcome into my creep zone, which will be the world of paleontology and what is probably the biggest hoax in the history of fossils. Sorry. <gasps> Not a fossil. Not a faux fossil. You got it. And it's twists and turns and all manner of shiteology. Divine. Can't wait to tell it to you. Well, if Glorious. we have time at the end, I have something that I feel will soothe. It'll be a balm to our wounded souls. Beautiful. It's a woman getting revenge on a man. Okay. Oh, is that after the, the week that's been? And on a high. Yeah. Like I nearly just went and watched Hard Candy last night, but I'm saving it for tonight because Seb was watching the golf and I always think it's a wasted opportunity to... Um, leave him off when I could be forcing him to watch a castration <laughs> so tonight instead for fun Mother's Day beautiful alright well I think it's gotta be um, you first Cassie I'm calling it as the person who has self appointed as the person who chooses I agree okay guys so uh, I'm sorry for this there are some sad stories in here but there are some twists and I think it's a it's an interesting tale to tell. So um, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes cot death runs in families. But oh, for the Jesus. case. What a fucking yeah. opener. What an opener. Because this story happens four times, right? So. <gasps> oh, my God. But in the case of Kathleen Fulbig, murder also ran in the family. Her father Thomas John Britton stabbed her mother, Kathleen Mary Donovan, 24 times, two weeks before Christmas in 1968, which is around my birthday. I mean, if you're going to do it, come on, 24 times, his reasoning, his reasoning was that he felt Kathleen was neglecting their daughter. Also, Kathleen, who was 18 months old at the time. Oh, he was I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I can picture him being like, you're ne- Kathleen, you're neglecting Kathleen. And Kathleen being like, you're right. I actually do need to put myself first. I just need to. T- I'm exhausted. Off. I'm in a new mom. Very related. A terrible Very misunderstanding difficult. born out of repeating names in families, which is a silly, silly. So... Kathleen, young Kathleen, Kathleen we're talking about was 18 months old at the time and it was the first in a series of tragedies that would impact her life. So obviously her father was jailed for the murder and she was sent to a church orphanage and later to a foster family. She was a picture perfect little child with curly blonde hair, according to her foster mother. But she tended to kind of she was introspective and an introvert and she would keep her feelings to herself she left school at 15 and worked a series of dead-end jobs before she married 25 year old Craig Fulbig within a year she was pregnant with their first son K 
Caleb. So Caleb Fulbig was born on the 1st of February 1989 and he was known to have breathing problems. He was mm. diagnosed with a mild case of laryngomalacia, okay. which I'm very sorry my pronunciation of. Larynx. Um, something to do with, I think, a blockage in shite larynx breathing. Okay, yeah. shite larynx. Uh, and the doctor and said it was. As... Yeah. The doctor said it was something that he'd probably eventually grow out of. And he was otherwise relatively healthy. But on the 20th of February, just when he was 19 days old, Kathleen put him to sleep in a room next to her bedroom. But during the night, Caleb How stirred old, Sorry. 19 days. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And around he was stirring. And then at around 2 a.m., Kathleen found him on his death. He was he had died in the cot and it was attributed to cot death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, less than a year later, in 1990, the couple had another son, Patrick. And Craig remained at home this time to care for his wife and the baby for three months after the birth. Then on the 18th of October. So Patrick was born, I think, in June. And on the 18th of October, Kathleen went to put him to bed. Craig was awakened by the sounds of Kathleen screaming and found her standing at the baby's cot. He noticed that the child wasn't breathing and attempted to revive him. But an ambulance was called and Patrick was taken to the hospital. He was later diagnosed with epilepsy and blindness. And by the fe- by 18th of February 1991, so a couple of months later, like he survived, you know, a few months. Kathleen phoned her husband to say that Patrick had died. Jesus. She said on the phone, she called him saying it's happened again. Oh, my God. And it wasn't the end of it for the couple. It happened twice more. They had another child, Sarah, who was born on the 14th of October 1992, who died on the 29th of August 1993. And in 1996, they moved. The couple moved to Singleton, Australia. On the 7th of August, they had another baby, Laura. And by the 27th of February, 1999, Laura had also died. It's all children had died. All children had died in their cots. Really, really young. So in total, horrendous. I think we're going to have to put like a skip to minute 30 or something if you can't cope with hearing this. It's horrendous, right? Yeah. So in total... In total, two of the deaths were attributed to sudden infant death syndrome, one to an epileptic fit and another, the cause of death was undetermined. But a British child abuse expert, Roy Meadows, said at the time, or said just shortly after, that unless proven otherwise, one cot death is a tragedy, two is suspicious and three is murder. What a thing to say, though. I know. So police started, especially when they don't necessarily have a determined cause of death for totally like it's a really horrendous um, thing to state. Um, So police started investigating Kathleen, but it was only after her husband, Craig, came forward in which and submitted her diary to the police in which he said she detailed the killings (gasps) and the police arrested her. So there was a couple of things in the diary. She said at one point Laura had died with a little bit of help. Um, but like very vague what? references. Now, 
very vague comments like that. It's not like she detailed. She didn't write down in a diary that she had killed her children. It's just Mm. small little phrases like that. So in 2003, the Supreme Court of New South Wales, Australia, found Kathleen guilty of murdering her four children over an eight year period from 1991 to 1993. The trial lasted seven weeks. The prosecution were alleging that Kathleen had murdered her four children by smothering them during periods of frustration. But there was no physical evidence of smothering. It was all circumstantial evidence. During a jury replay of Kathleen's police interview, she attempted to run out of the courtroom distressed. So the defense made the case that Kathleen hadn't killed or harmed her children and that she didn't think Craig was responsible either. Prosecution witnesses were concerned about the lack of symptoms in any of the children, any early warning symptoms. And the defense posed natural explanations for the events such as cot death and in the case of Laura's death, myocarditis, which is a heart condition. The defense highlighted that Kathleen was a caring mother, pointing to journal entries that showed the care and concern that she gave her children. Some of her acquaintances gave statements to investigators about her caring nature. And the defense pointed out that there was no direct admissions to the killings in Kathleen's journal entries and that any entries indirectly suggesting her responsibility could be chalked up to a typical grieving mother's guilt. She appeared genuinely distraught to ambulance and police responders at the scene. And they pointed out that no physical evidence could link Kathleen to murder. It was all entirely circumstantial, with very little consensus among the scientific experts who testified at trial. But on the 21st of May 2003, Kathleen was found guilty and uh, was sentenced to three, was sentenced to 40 years imprisonment for three counts of murder and one count of manslaughter and one count of maliciously inflicting grievous bodily harm. Um, So 40 years imprisonment with a non-parole period of 30 years. So away she went to prison in 2003. In... 2005 the court reduced her sentence after that many years that much tragedy there is no hell to put a person in she's just there like yeah yeah there is no jail for her her sort of outer surroundings doesn't even irrelevant what hell is inside her jesus it's pretty fucking hellish for her in prison um of course our alleged child killer yeah, and due to the nature of her crime, she was she was put in protective custody to prevent possible violence by other inmates. But like even this year, um, she was really badly beaten. On the first of January this year, she was really badly beaten by another this inmate. This year, 2021. Yeah, so she's been in prison all this time, right? Okay. The whole time the Kathleen has been in prison, she has insisted that she is innocent and that her children were all victims of sudden in sudden infant death syndrome. And now, only recently, 90 leading scientists have come forward to say that 90 she's right. cats. 90. So new genetic evidence, the scientists say, suggests that all the children died from natural causes and they're demanding that Kathleen finally be pardoned. So in a petition to the governor of New South Wales this week, a group of scientists, which includes two Nobel laureates, called for Kathleen's immediate release and an end to this miscarriage of justice. Oh so there was my never... God. Yeah, with no, never any medical evidence of smothering, the scientists say that was, that was the first big hole in the case. 
But none of the children, they go on to say, were healthy when they died. Laura, the last to die, had been sick with a respiratory infection and an autopsy later found an inflamed heart. So with those signs and those symptoms, the lawyers asked geneticists to examine the case, searching for any mutation that might explain the family's experience. So Carola Vunisa, an immunologist from Australia's National University in Canberra and a member of her team, agreed to sequence Kathleen's genes and after after they got her consent in prison and they found that Kathleen had a rare mutation in what is known as the CAM2 gene. Defects in any of the three CAM genes essentially create heart irregular heart patterns and irregular irregularities in the heart that can cause cardiac arrest and sudden death in infancy and childhood. Well, oh my God. Yeah. Only about 75 people in the world are known to have CAM mutations. The professor said, um, and some people have no symptoms, so they probably don't know about it. But in ch- children that have had it, in seven children that have had it, 20, at least 20 had suffered cardiac arrest. Whoa. So this is especially true when there are certain things that trigger up adrenaline in the in the children. And one known trigger is a drug called pseudofrine or something, which Laura was taking at the Sudafed. time of her death. No, pseudofederine. It's probably um, like a cousin of pseudofed or something. Is yeah. It? So this is what they were, probably. They were somebody was giving the baby. Yeah. Oh, so gosh. they went back then and they used blood and tissue samples from all four children taken shortly after they were born. And a team of, a team of geneticists found that Sarah and Laura both had the same mutation in the CAM2 gene. Um, and then research agent Caleb and Patrick's genes revealed that they had separate rare variants which studies in mice had been linked to lethal epileptic seizures and both of them were diagnosed with um, epilepsy so all in all 90 prominent scientists have agreed that medical evidence proves Kathleen's innocence the signatories on the pardon petition include Professor Schwartz Dron Schrein President of the Australian Academy of Science Elizabeth Blackburn, a 2009 Nobel laureate in medicine who teaches in the University of California, San Francisco. So they're all now petitioning to holy the, um, shit fuck prosecutors so to let her go. Get out. So she's actually still waiting for this. She's to kind this of is bear this out. is all just happened this week. So it's so looking likely that she that she she may be released. And how long would she? Is she's over she gets ten released. years in, is she? Okay. She was sent to prison in 2003. So she's been in prison for, you know, 18 years, 18 years and being bet to shit, but also in protective custody. So probably in isolation for a lot of that time. And like, it's so there's such a kind of a picture, isn't there? Like of, you know, the violence in her own family. Yeah. Then she was placed in foster care. Like. She was just already at such a disadvantage that yeah. then people were just probably so much more willing to believe and that this mother would do this. It's you know? so heartbreaking because they they pointed to all those tragedies in her life as a sim- like as a sign that she had been neglected as a child. And she probably had been. They said yeah. in, in in the court that she was um, emotionally. I think as the word was emotionally neglected. And therefore is obviously a psychopath now and killed her own children. But in actual fact, she's just a woman who has suffered an incredible amount of tragedy. 
Yeah. And now has spent 18 years in prison and is being repeatedly beat up in prison for a crime it looks like she hasn't committed. And just like likely had nothing like the kind of means that a woman who hadn't come up through like a care system, you know, would have had to defend her innocence. Yeah, and then her husband turned against her. Do you know, it was her husband who submitted the diary. But look at evidence. what the case looked like at that stage. I mean, if you remember I mean, the it did jury, look crazy, and that's but, uh, like yeah. how much harder would it have to, to believe that? It is incredibly difficult to to imagine that there'd be something else at play when the most obvious thing seems to be that a mother has has harmed her children, but. The case, the scientists are so passionate about this because they say that the courts are generally, in a lot of cases, willing to accept things into evidence that aren't scientifically true. And then when they present something that is scientific, they're less likely to accept it. And that they want this case to go down on record. Courtrooms all over the world now will consider scientific evidence and respect it in criminal cases. Totally. And it's very like, you know, how they've kind of disproved... uh, you know, the validity of, um, well, I suppose like, you know, it's a long time since they've disproved the lie detector test as a kind of proper measure. But mm-hmm. also like, isn't handwriting? I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, th- th- yeah. I mean, that's still considered, I think they still use that. And like, no shade to people who believe that that is fucking crazy. You know, it's not bonkers it? to think that that would be, I don't know. Cassie, <laughs> an amazing story, Cassie, and that that's story current. Is amazing. Yes, we'll follow Thank it Thank you to Rebecca closely. Murphy for sending it to me. It's a ridiculous quarter past six, I think, was this morning, and I got a creep sent in. I was like, Beautiful. what a way to start a Monday. Beautiful. Great story. Love the fact that it's Thank happening you, IRL Thank right you. now. Yeah. So we can Maybe. follow. Anyway, okay, let me bring you into mine. Here we go. We're going into paleontology. Grab your shovel and your tiny paintbrush. Yes. We're going in. The year... You know, I wanted to be an archaeologist and Nancy told me that by the time I was grown up, there'd be nothing left to dig. (laughs) She's fucking wrong because do you know what's happening? Do you know what's happening right now? Ice caps are melting, bitch. People are... Can we just pause pause for a second to talk about the sad walrus? Why is nobody helping the walrus? He's fine. (laughs) This Uh, happens a lot. washed up in the wrong county. And yes, if you're from Kerry and you're listening, I am shading your county. No, this happened... I'm doing Galway. I'm doing Kerry. Next stop, Cork. That's right, Rebecca. (laughs) You give us a story, I take it away. Okay, the walrus Um, is fine, Cass. The walrus is fine. Someone said he was cold looking. I was like, give him a blanket. Give him a dry robe. <laughs> he's just having a fucking rest and we're all just clambering all over yeah, with he's iPhones. Having a, <laughs> he's having a rest because he's like 6,000 6, miles away from where he's supposed to probably further. He's fine. He's, he's just really far away from where he's supposed to be. He is, but he's fine. He's not, he's not a creep of the week. He's just a guy. Taking a rest on a rock with a mustache and two enormous front teeth. Anyway, come with me into history. With also animals are 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 will be here too. So the, you could have been a paleontologist now. I don't know if it's the same. Would paleontologists go to study what's the? Ma- they of course would. Presumably, it's not muck related. It's age of item creature, isn't it? What? Never mind. The year is twenty nineteen twelve. Okay. Let me get my shit together. 
This see, is that a story. was a golden era for archaeology. I was born too late. You were, you see, self. Have you ever heard of a little guy called the Piltdown Man? No. No. <laughs> right. Well, buckle your seatbelts because I'm going to tell you all about him as soon as I can get my notes up. So this is the story your of... Your lead into stories is something else. Why? You Buckle guessed up it. And you pull on your skin it. suit that you skinned <laughs> off your old lady neighbour. <laughs> Basically. Okay, I'm sorry. I keep, I keep beating around the bush, but I'm just trying to find, you know, the point at which your shit begins and then you kind of look away, you look back and it's fucking gone. But buckle your seatbelts, it's coming any second. Any Kick second off your boots, Stab yourself in the face oh, and get stick on the on party. party. Right, okay. It is the greatest hoax of paleontology history for a second paleontological <laughs> hoax that I'll tell you about another week. There's two major yeah. ones, but this one is big. Because it, looking back now, it looks fairly obviously a hoax. But a lot of other shit was going on at the time. So, which can allow, you know, it sort of, for this thing to be believed, helped many people. But mostly England. The year is 1912. Something has been found in the ground that's about to cause an unbelievable sensation. Unbelievable. Everybody's mind is about to be blown. The first Englishman had been uncovered, like the first ever English man had been uncovered. <laughs> and not <laughs> only had flash of was Charles. his name Richard, Charles and William, a kind of a weird Charles William love child. Well, what they dug and out said, the ground here the ground. was satisfying to the you know the the average English person and the scientists standing around because this thing they dug out of the ground was a humanoid skull, okay? I have a question. Huge, okay. <laughs> Did they know that it was the first Englishman because he had a stiff upper dick? <laughs> no, but funny you say the say say that because he did have something that that looked an awful lot like a cricket bat. <laughs> Not even a joke. Let me continue. What? Did he have some pins okay. as well? Practically. Anyway, this was dug out of the ground. This was pertaining this was potentially at the time going to be the missing fucking link, right? So everybody was very, very interested in what this skull was. And this was a giant brained humanoid individual with quite an enormous lower jaw. Okay. Very, very exciting. It was very exciting as well because for all the time that people had been finding bits and bits and bobs of very old humans and Neolithic humans, all of this shit was happening in the rest of Europe. Nothing had been found in England. England were very disappointed in that. The French and the German archaeologists spitting in the face of the English ones. Fuck you losers. Nothing in your soil. Our soil is overrunneth with things. I can f- picture them all meeting at the kind of yearly archaeology conventions. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, in the Anchorman where they all kind of meet in the car park and have that kind of really futile fight. I yeah. feel like the paleontologists would come with the tiny brushes and kind of like dust the face of the English archaeologists and could be like, goodbye, sir. They Get would. They'd be wearing trench coat. coats of tiny fragments of things. They would flash <laughs> at each other. Anyway, look. 
It looked too good to be true. Could this be the thing that everyone was looking for? Could this be the answer, the missing link? Well, for many decades, 30, 30 fucking years, sorry, three decades, uh, it it was just accepted that this thing was legit, okay? So, um, here says Professor Stringer of the Natural History Museum, uh, these things, so basically other fossils, early human ape men type were being dug up around the world, okay, with small skulls in terms of their kind of where the brain was, in the back of the head, small heads, uh, relatively human-like teeth, the opposite of what the Piltdown man looked like. So for years and years, for that 30-year bracket, those legitimate uh, very important fragments of our evolution were cast aside because the Piltman, which they believed to be true, it kind of went against what the Piltman's suggestion was about the big brain. Something else about the big brain that everyone wanted to believe was sort of, you know, it it, it kind of lent itself to the idea of that, you know, our brains evolved before everything else and that allowed us then to, you know, make tools and and, and so there was kind of a popular thought. Totally. But, um, and then that just bore out in the most predictable way ever, whereby <laughs> they scientists tried to claim that the brains of white men were the biggest. And that meant That's right. that they were superior. Oh. Um, Absolutely true. To yeah, all 100%. other races and women. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. That, it was actually uh, a brilliant book that kind of inter- uh, superior. That is uh, kind of all about this. And it's, it's fucking fascinating and infuriating. That, well, that, uh, at the time as well, it was kind of the breakaway from as from us versus animals. And uh, there was a very big and keen and, uh, focus to kind of bring that to light. Because, the, you know, at the time in the early 19th century, the, the late 18th century, obviously religion played a very big role in what was happening as well. So they were kind of treading this line between not wanting to piss off the church uh, yeah. uh like basically always this is proving evolution but, but being like look the whole creation thing i mean i know yeah anyway 30 no years way. passed right and uh the piltdown man was still considered to be uh, look things were shaken up a bit people were looking at this fossilized creature going i'm not sure about this and one particular geologist kenneth oakley um this plus his pal and anthropologist Joseph Weiner decided Love in 1953 we're going to take a closer look at this okay we're going nice. to have a real fucking hard look at this and they <laughs> announced that the Piltdown man's brain case belonged to a modern human being while the jawbone came from an orangutan each piece had been stained no. to look as if they were from the same skull while the teeth had been flattened out with a metal file and the cricket bat. I don't know if I didn't properly mention that. Right. Next to the like a lot of fragments were found around. And this human, it was an elephant's leg, tibia bone that had been carved into this bat like thing. And that was considered to be his sort of like Flintstones, you know, weapon. And uh, so they, so these guys took a closer look at that and they were like, wait a minute. This cricket bat has been carved with a knife. And uh, it basically, it was a cheap fraud. And it took 40 years to find out. And everyone was fucking mortal. Like, mortified. And of course, that sent a massive amount of people into the history of how the fuck did this happen, okay? So there was originally 30 individuals have been accused, 
over the years of being the hoaxer. Charles Dawson, right? This was the archaeological enthusiast who found the pieces of Piltdown Man. Not only that, but Dawson, nothing was ever found without Dawson being there. So many scientists also suspect that uh, he had the backing of many experts, which were the true guilty party. So there's there's something to be said for that. But at the time, as I said, him finding this was all sort of beneficial to them. Right. And uh, there's a brilliant podcast I listened to about this today. Uh, I'll get it up for you later. But basically they interviewed, um, it was a lady who worked in the Natural History Museum and she opened up this box and the interview is done all like in a library. So there, it's like a whispery interview that's extremely pleasant to listen to. She opened this <laughs> box and the box and in the box was a letter from Dawson to um, Arthur Conan Doyle, I think, who was, and it wasn't Arthur Conan, anyway, it was Charles Doyle to the head of the Natural History Museum and the head of the paleontology. I'll find his name later. And it's, it's Dawson kind of doing this incredibly kind of draw-in thing. So he starts the letter, not mentioning at all what he's found, like talking about the weather and he's kind of luring this guy in. And then he drops this unbelievable bombshell mid-letter. And of course, everything exploded. He was like, I think I found the missing link here. You guys get better get down here. And everything exploded. Anyway, so loads of dip. Then Arthur Conan Doyle was also involved. So he played golf around the Pilton area. And uh, had a grievance against scientists because of his spiritual beliefs. So uh, he's a Jesuit philosopher, paleontologist, and uh, and so this other guy. Anyway, loads of guys, kind of were all men, obviously, got sort of involved in having it. a grudge against scientists. Yeah, Just exactly. General. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so sorry, Arthur Smith Woodward is the name of the of the guy who received this letter on the fifteenth of February, nineteen twelve, from Dawson. And uh, to say, look, I found this fucking thing. You guys get it, better get down here. A portion of human skull. Uh, please come next. So uh, everything happened. Everything kicked off. The rubble started being moved. Nothing was really found the first few days of the dig. Everyone kind of eased off. Dawson said, I'll just go a bit early the second day. Lo and behold, cricket bat found. Like there was definitely a couple of people at the time who were just, who were like, I'm not too sure about this. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But, you know, they just went with the flow. And the thing is, there are there is a case of one guy here who who like was writing into the to various kind of journals to say, like, this is fucking bullshit. Nobody wanted to listen to him, obviously. So anyway, that's kind of the the story of the pill. So it's so basically it was withdrawn after 30 like, years. Unpopular opinion alert. <laughs> yeah. And then but Dawson. Like, oh, shut up, Jenkins. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> but as it turned out, I have to tell you about this, uh, Dawson was kind of a serial hoaxer. So he fucking, like, he, I have to get out. Everything's all over the place here. Sorry, lads. Very distracted. So this guy, basically, he, they've counted up to 38, between 38 and 45 hoaxes or dodgy finds made by Dawson pre-Pilton Down. So basically, the Pilton Down man was Dawson's ultimate masterpiece hoax. And he was practicing with all this other bits of shite beforehand. He forged axes, statues, ancient hammers, bits of Roman tiles, and a load of other artifacts. So uh, he was sort and of... do know where he got the fucking skull? Yeah, no, we don't. It's just a human... He had this brilliant way. Every time he would find one of the artifacts, he had a way of kind of 
uh, like a workman on the land handed him something. This was sort of his, you know, how he kind of... Sleight of hand. This is, well, this is just how he received a thing. And that meant, and that man was never named. And it kind of meant that, you know, he was just wandering by when someone proffered him something. And uh, that was sort of how he was proffered originally this... uh, uh, this piece of skull by a workman on the land so no we don't know whose the skull was we don't fucking know where he got an orangutan's jaw um yeah. it was obviously good enough from all his previous hoax kind of practicing to get to he was obviously good he was getting to a level that it was sort of good ish oh, good yeah. enough to have taken a second look at and anyway that's it so absolute mortification on behalf of the natural history museum and uh, they potentially yeah, but they fucked up a huge chunk of of time there by kind of suggesting that this is the path. This is the path we've decided to go down. This is, you know, how we human beings evolved and anything that else was found must be wrong, incorrect or another hoax. So all of those other, you know, artifacts that were found during the time part, a lot of them are lost. And, you know, it's just a big fuck up, basically. Yeah, totally yeah. disregarded. Fuck's sake, Dawkins. And it's all like, sort of Dorkins. ego, Dorkins, <laughs> ego bullshit on behalf of the these this fucking English, you know, these English scientists just wanting to mm. desperately to have something of their own. Like at the time, paleontology, it was all, it was sort of uncool archaeologically. You know, their funding was down. Visitors to the museum were lagging. They needed something. And they needed a boost. lo and behold, something arrived. Too good to be I true. Mean, I'm just picturing him staining it with tea bags. Do you remember in primary school, you'd like make a kind of an ancient map by yes. kind of burning the edges of a piece of paper and staining it oh with tea gosh, bags. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Making a treasure map. Yeah. This I'm is sure. totally what Dorkins was just off having a Dorkins. What a dickhead. Dorkins. And there's a like a ton of Way photographs ruin everything. around the time, right? Of Dawkins, uh, sorry, Do- Dawson. What's his fucking name? Dorkin. Dor- Dorkin. Dorkin. Whatever. <laughs> Standing there with all the other scientists and sort of arms around him with a shovel at the dig. The fucking neck of him. Like the, the neck. neck. Would you believe it? Would you say it's desperate, Jen? Fucking desperate. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, that, that that's the end of my creep. My paleontology oh, creep. Thank you, that Jennifer. Brilliant. I mean, honestly, we have a wealth of creep tonight. We um, really do. I can take us out on a really quick little one that um, I don't know. You know, just please uh, do little kind of. Uh, it's not even. It's more like a pity for than a dessert. Would you call um, it a pity for Lou? Pity for Lou. <laughs> a little pity for Lou. Um. So I. Uh, and let me see. Okay, so I looked up this case, right? Basically, I put the uh, cart before the horse, wanted the story of a woman's revenge. So I yes. started just Googling woman revenge on man, woman, this, that, and the other. Got a lot of um, works of fiction, sadly. And then I found this case um, from Mumbai. And um, so I kind of, uh, I, I found this very bizarrely translated article. And I'm actually just going to read it as is because it's (laughs) very interesting. It's just like a very well told, uh, you know, scale. So recently, a case of crime has come from Mumbai after. And by the way, this is like contemporary. This is last year. Okay, just in terms of like. This is, there was an interesting kind of, you know, take on language here and stuff like that. And it's obviously a, a very bizarre web translator. Anyway, okay. 
Recently, a case of crime has come from Mumbai. After knowing about what has happened in this case, your senses will fly. In this case, a sister crossed all the Hades to avenge her brother's death. According to reports, the sister first implicated her. So, oh yes, from here on out, there's a little bit of pronoun confusion. Okay. So I'm going to correct because it's easier to follow the story. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. According to reports, the sister first implicated her in the honey trap to take revenge on her brother's murderer, then took him to the jungle with the help of her companions and plotted to kill him. I'm correcting pronouns there in case you're wondering. Okay. They refer to the male murderer only as her and it's definitely not, you know. This okay, is just, it's yeah. just incorrect. The police have arrested five persons, including a woman, before committing her conspiracy. Just none of that, really. None of that made sense. What is the case? The case relates to a murder that took place in June 2020. During that, there was a battle between two groups over parking. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Over parking in the Malad area, in which one of the accused, Mohammed, murdered 24-year-old Altaf Sheikh during the battle. After that murder, so yeah, Sadiq, Mohammed Sadiq fled to Delhi and Altaf's sister Yasmin was shocked by the incident. After that, Yasmin made a plan to take revenge on the accused. She joined Altaf's friends, um, five men, and decided to kill Sadiq with his help, with their help. <laughs> she first decided to entrap the accused into the honey trap. For this, Yasmin, very relatably, Created yes. a fake Instagram account. A Finsta. Insta. And started, as it's put in this piece, and started talks with Sadiq. Hmm. In the conversation, she pretended to love Sadiq and came to Mumbai from Delhi to meet him a week ago. There were five friends. Okay, I'm going to abandon this now. <laughs> I'm going to finish just in my own words because oh, it I actually see. gets a bit woolly in terms okay. of what took place. So I'm going to just swoop in. And Fill in the gaps. This is, what, this is what happens when you, you basically put an article through a Google Translator. But I just thought Google Translate did such a fun job of it that I was like, oh, I'm going to go with this. I do enjoy they were in talks in the <laughs> Instagram DMs. So basically, Yasmin... Um, you know, had this fake account, fake, uh, you know, catfished Sadiq and <laughs> arranged. And this is where my sympathy for Sadiq completely evaporates. And really, I had little. He is an accused murderer. I think it seems pretty uh, clear that he actually did commit this murder. There was a lot mm. of witnesses. Again, over parking. I mean, He's just I'm not quick, like we've all been rage. there, but it is, you know. It's an enraging thing when somebody takes your parking. It and is. And say, like, for example, now I don't know the ins and outs, but if somebody, for example, had parked stupidly and taken up two parking spaces when they really could have fit in two cars there, that'll really get you going. But anyway, so Yasmin arranged with Sadiq to meet, you know, after months of kind of courtship in the DMs. And um, she said to Sadiq, would he meet her in this kind of remote wooded area? And um, Sadiq said yes, not in any way questioning that this might be an unusual meeting Place. point. 
Yeah. And like, even say if this like wasn't going to end up in a honey trap, like just even think logically, Sadiq, like you're meeting a woman off Instagram in a wooded area. Like you're not going to fucking like you're not going to get anything like nothing's going to Kino escalate here. But they don't think like that. You're he thinks he's park. definitely going to get something. Do you reckon? 100%. By the way, does anyone remember um, the show that I'm t- thinking of with Mystery? Kino Escalate? Does that ring any bells, guys? No. It was a what reality show back in the 2000s. Um, the Pickup Artist. Oh, I never watched it. Creep Dive on it. Oh, it's yes. fucking good. Kino Escalate was his term for like, you talking to a woman in a bar and then what you need to do according to Mystery who was that was the name of the man who was the pickup artist Mystery and he'd basically be like okay so after you start talking to her in a bar for next move is to start negging her so oh, like yeah. p- say something playfully negative I fucking love fucking love sometimes a man you know anyway um, so then you say something playfully negative like disparaging about her appearance and then kind of like ha 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 and then that's when you keno escalate and that's so the keno escalate means to sort of like move into a kind of a touching scenario I God. swear this is a TV show on mainstream television that is a anyway, nightmare look Sadiq it was never going to keno escalate in some outdoor fucking forest and anyway when Sadiq got there there was no sign of Yasmin at all. And instead there was just five fucking furious, fucked off men um, whose friend Sadiq had murdered. Oh my now, God. Incredibly, um, they went to the secluded spot and then they nabbed Sadiq and went to bring him to kind of an even more remote area. And local law enforcement saw, basically. I mean, I don't think they saw the full kidnapping but they saw enough of it to be like what the fuck is going on here and um and they managed to intervene and save Sadiq um arrest all the lads <laughs> my fave was I think Yasmin like enacting revenge but actually making a whole bunch of lads do the dirty work well th- what happened to her Had, was she long it was nearly the perfect plan so all the guys are arrested they're now um, subsequently prosecuting uh, Sadiq for his alleged crime. Okay. And, uh, and poor old Yasmin, instead of kind of, I don't know, getting freedom of the city. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I suppose we shouldn't be rewarding people for things like that. She's been arrested as well. The honey yeah. trapper. Jesus. The honey trapper. Now, I have no updates on how that's all going for them. But uh, like I'd say now... I'd say no, everyone's getting screwed there. Jazz is ago. getting screwed. They're all going Yeah, down. I'd say just the pandemic is slowing everything up. Probably. But Probably. Look, there you have it. There you have it. An attempted. I mean, we won't say fair play to her, but like she just... She did her best Sometimes there. you just got to take matters into your own hands, really. Absolutely. And maybe things escalated beyond, you know, her job was just to, you know, place him in the forest and then she was gone. I mean, maybe that's she knew nothing else. You know, let's presume that. Innocent. Yeah. Innocent for life. Maybe it was No, accidental. I think... No, 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 no. She was just going to fucking death proof him. Cut this, Cassie. Cut, cut the whole episode. This episode. It's got a few cuts, but it's got a few amazing bits as well. 
So listen, it's 12, you. It's 12 minutes long. I it's really 12. Thank you so much for coming by. It's been uh, chaotic, so highs and lows. Patrons. We thank you, you so much. You are truly the best. And it's so funny, you know, I thought we might be back in the studio by now, but it looks unlikely for the next while. <laughs> so funny that we're so not. <sighs> that we're not. Um, and we still here. can't see our friends. It's and hilarious. as soon as we can, we'll be doing our shows and being with you in real life. And how much of a fucking fun time party will that be? And if you want a ticket to that future show, get into the patron situation because they'll go Do there it. first. Um. We need to turn the patron into some kind of honey trap. Leave it with me. I'll have a think about it. There's but nudes, I do want there's to say, nudes of us vaping. There's nudes. There's deep fakes. I <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do feel like saying we have our totes are back in stock. It's so exciting. So anyone who came became a patron in the last kind of week got a creepy little email from me being like, hey, thanks for joining. And totes en route as soon as we get them. So guys, they're going in the post. And welcome to all our new patrons. Um, it's it's fucking lovely to have you aboard. Reggie, Louise, yep. Stacey. And don't Anita, be shy. Karen, Fee, Coco. <laughs> Guys, it's great to fucking have you. I don't be shy. Back yes, but come to the Thursdays. Come and uh, keep in touch because we're definitely doing a bit of rummaging around for local creeps within our patronage gang. And uh, if you've got one, come and tell us about it. Anyway, thank you, you so much. Know. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Farewell.